We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22, I want to talk to you for a few moments today about the kingdom of God. I'm actually kicking off a new series dealing with the kingdom of God over the next few weeks. And this morning, we're going to lay the foundation and the groundwork. I actually sent out an email on Friday telling you what I was going to be preaching on Sunday. And now I'm wondering if I shouldn't have done that. It looks like half the people stayed home today. I don't know. I know it generated immediate response, and I got some of those great anonymous responses. I love those, don't you? Listen, if you want me to take you seriously, you better sign your name. Because if you don't have the guts to sign your name, I'm not going to take you seriously. I'm just going to hit the delete button and move on in life. Somebody say amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is something we need to understand and have a grasp on if we're going to be victorious in our Christian lives every day. We have to understand there really is good and evil in the world. We have to understand the opposition and the forces that we face and what the origin of that opposition is. I didn't come this morning with a political agenda. I didn't come this morning with a racial agenda. I didn't come this morning to somehow light fires that are already burning across our nation and communities. I came to declare the truth of God's Word. And everything in this series is going to be based on God's Word. Not my opinion, not your opinion, not what's happening around us, all those, those are indicators of what's happening in the kingdom of God. We're not going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about what God does when we step into the kingdom. When we become kingdom people and kingdom minded on earth today. So take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 12 verses 22 through 30. Reading from the New King James. The one who then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind and mute. He healed him so that the blind and mute man both spake and saw. All the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts. I want to pause just a moment and tell you that that same power is available to the church through the kingdom of God. You don't believe that? You need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul outlines the gifts of the Holy Spirit and their operation in our lives. Verse 10 talks about discerning of spirits, and that's exactly what you see in this passage of Scripture. It's not about knowing evil spirits, it's about knowing the heart of man in opposition. That's what that gift is for. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So remember that Jesus already declared Satan has a kingdom. It's right here in our text this morning. He goes on to say, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. I want you to remember that phrase. If you see the works of God through the Son of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then we continue. Oh, how can one enter a strong man's house, plunder his goods, unless he first binds a strong man? Then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. 
Over the next few weeks, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God, why it's so important to us and why we need the power that's available to those who are kingdom people in our lives and in our ministries today. Every event that's happening, both on the world and national level and community level, is either a result of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. We need to understand that. Some years ago, a book was written about the kingdoms of the world, and the emphasis was placed on the kingdom of man and man's will. I want you to understand something. Either you're for him or you're against him. Either you're in the kingdom of God or you're ruled by the kingdom of Satan. Don't give me this garbage about I can do what I want to do. That is not accurate. You may think that, but that very attitude is rebellion against the kingdom of God. It's either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. All things flows under one of those two things. We'll look around us and so many people say, why is there such a rise in Islamic terrorism? Why are we seeing such racial tensions? Why is there so much murder and violence and hopelessness all around us? Because there are two kingdoms at work in the world today. The kingdom of God leads to life. The kingdom of Satan leads to death, destruction, and mayhem. One expands as the body of Christ, and if you're a believer, that's me and you. If you're not a believer, this doesn't apply to you. One expands as the body of Christ lives out the principles of the kingdom every single day, no matter where we're at or who we're with. You see, the kingdom of God isn't about, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a born-again believer, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost when I'm inside of these walls, but when I go to work... Oh, I'm just like everybody else. No, that's not the kingdom of God. You're, you're foolish when you think that way. The kingdom of God so infuses you and infiltrates and influences your heart and your mind and your behavior that it causes you to behave contrary to the kingdom of Satan on a daily basis, to the thoughts of the world on a daily basis. One kingdom is based on love and grace and mercy. The other is based on deception and lies and destruction. One expands when you and I live as the church, the body of Christ. And one expands, you need to remember this, when man is in rebellion against God. It's not enough, church, to pray. And although I appreciate the prayer initiatives, but you listen to me very carefully. If you don't get up off of your knees from the prayer meeting and let the power of God that has flowed through your life change the way you behave out there, you are wasting your time. Love the way you're shouting now. I'm telling you, you can pray until you have calluses on your knees, but if the influence and the presence of God doesn't change your behavior, change your attitude, change your interaction with those around you, you're wasting your time. You're going through a religious exercise. And it'll profit you little and get you nowhere. We need to understand that it's not enough just to pray. Can I say that? Oh, I already did, didn't I? It's not enough just to pray. We have got to act. We have got to be the church of Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to pray. You know, I'm so thankful for Sandra. Where did she go? She was right over there. I've lost her now. Sandra, who is such a great prayer warrior in this church. But she doesn't just pray. Every time we have walked with Operation Safe Neighborhood, she's been right there beside me, believing it's not enough just to pray, but you got to put legs to what you believe and influence a culture that is controlled by the kingdom of darkness. So thankful for that. We need to understand that 
There are two kingdoms at work. Would you put that picture on the screen, please, Sonia? This is my grandson, Tyler, and her son, Philip. As soon as it pops up there, I want you to see it. Tyler turned five years old just a few weeks ago. And this past week, for the first time, he got to go to kids camp with his dad. Now, Philip was a children's pastor for five years. Now he's the senior pastor at Fossil Creek Community Church in Fort Worth, Texas. So Philip took Tyler to his very first kids camp. And it's interesting that the first night of kids camp, the speaker was talking about the fact that we need to love our enemies. And in that conversation, I don't know where they were sitting in the sanctuary or the auditorium, but in that conversation about loving your enemies, Tyler said, what? Dad, we have to love bad people? Does that mean I have to love the Riddler? How can I love the Riddler? Those of you who aren't Batman fans, you don't get that, so you'll have to look it up or ask somebody else. You see, that five-year-old, even though he didn't put it in spiritual terms, was acknowledging there are two kingdoms at work in the world. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. There's the kingdom of good and there's the kingdom of evil. Even he recognized that at five years old. So we need to ask ourselves, how do we influence our culture? How do we change what's happening all around us? I mean, we look at Brussels, we look at France, two attacks there. We look at Bangladesh, we look at China, we look at the things happening in Orlando and other places across the United States of America. Why are officers being targeted? Why does our African-American community feel like they are being targeted by law enforcement? On and on we can go. Let me tell you the answer. You may not like it, but it's true. You see, it's not about racism. It's not about religion. It's about the fact that man is in rebellion against God. And anytime man rebels against God, it opens the doors of hell to bring an attack on society. You want to know why we're experiencing these things? Quit trying to figure it out through sociology and psychology and go back to the Word of God and recognize it's because we as a race are rebelling against our Heavenly Father. And when we rebel against God, it opens the doors for the kingdom of darkness to flood in. My friend, it's as though hell has erupted on planet earth. You and I need to recognize that. Stop calling an individual out. Stop talking about this group or that group and start lifting up the kingdom of God to prevail against the kingdom of darkness and bring victory through the church of Jesus Christ one more time. Listen, I've got news for you. This is not a religious problem. The protest, the violence, the outrage, the rioting will not stop with a religious answer. Nor will it stop with a racial answer. Listen, I'm here to tell you, your life, Edry, doesn't matter more than my life. We're all the same in the kingdom of God. And we've got to recognize an expression that says, I am more important than someone else is an expression termed in the pit of hell. Love the way you're shouting now. Some of you won't come back, but you need to get it anyway. It's time to recognize the rebellion we're seeing in our society is not about race. It's about the kingdom of darkness rising once again to incite individuals into a place of hatred and violence and dissension. May I borrow the words of the great Martin Luther King when he said, Darkness does not drive out darkness. Only light will do that. Hate will not drive out hate. Only love will do that. 
Oh, come on, friend. We need to recognize the things that were won in the 60s are still applicable today. And what we're seeing is not the result of some sort of a twist in society. It's the result of the gates of hell opening and Satan and his demons erupting across the world today. And it's the role of the church to stand against it. It's the role of the church to speak the truth regardless of who likes it or doesn't. It's the role of the church to bring an answer that our society will never solve. Listen, I fought my entire life for equality among the races. There's not a bigoted bone in my body. There is not a prejudiced bone in me. I love everybody regardless of the color of their skin. You're my brother. You're my sister. Matter of fact, in Operation Safe Neighborhood Thursday night, I had the privilege of teaming up with one of Tallahassee's finest, Captain Rod Young. He's 6'5", 250 pounds, black as midnight. And we walked the streets together and knocked on the doors. And we built a bond and a relationship that transcended our color, that transcended our background and our culture. Because he's my brother in Jesus Christ. Somebody hear me today. You can't say it's a white problem or it's a black problem. No, it's a sin problem. And the only answer is the blood of Jesus Christ one more time running through the church to touch the entirety of the world. Bring an answer that only he can change. We need to understand it's not an economic problem that we're facing today, even though there are symptoms that are economic. It's not an immigration problem. It's not an entitlement problem. It's not an educational problem. It's not a political problem. And let me just pause and say, the Republicans nor the Democrats are going to get us out of the mess we're in. The only thing that will get us out of the mess we're in is Jesus Christ, His grace, His mercy, His love, His power once again flowing through our nation. The church of Jesus Christ getting out of their prayer meetings and being the church in the streets and the neighborhoods and the workplaces of our communities. You see, we've been convinced. Do what you want to do as long as you do it in here. Now that's a lie from the pit of hell. I've come to tell you, God didn't call us to be believers in here only. He called us to come in here to get recharged, refueled, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, and go touch somebody for Jesus Christ. If your life isn't doing that, can you bring that down a bit, Zach, I've got a ring. If your life isn't doing that, then come back to the altar this morning. Find the power we need as the kingdom of God to influence the kingdom of darkness and to bring a change and to bring victory. See, the problem isn't any of these things I've enumerated. The problem is a human heart problem. The problem is mankind is in rebellion against God. And anytime we as a race, mankind, rebel against God, it opens the door for Satan to come in. It opens the door for destruction to reign. It opens the door for division. What does John 10.10 say? It says, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. If you read that word destroy in the Greek, you know what it really means? It means divide. It means divide. Oh, I'm here to tell you, when you're on the campus of FAMU, Dr. D, God has placed you there to bring reconciliation. He has placed you there to bring unity. He has placed you there to be a voice crying in the wilderness that everything you're hearing from all the other professors is not true. God has called you to be a voice in that place and in that campus. 
When God has called you to be a voice on the campus of FSU, to take your degrees and your knowledge, to be able to infuse the gospel of the kingdom into the hearts of those young people, those graduate and doctoral students, so they come to know and understand. It's not psychology that's the answer. It's Jesus Christ that's the answer. That's why he's placed you there. Do you hear what I'm saying? He has strategically placed every one of us in positions so that we can lift up the kingdom of God, so that we can oppose the kingdom of darkness, so that we can say, even if you don't have the answer, I have the answer. I have the answer. And the answer is the old rugged cross where the son of the living God died for my sins and your sins. And when we, somebody hear this. When we come to the cross, all ground is level. All men are equal. There is no division between men and women, black and white, Chinese or Hispanic. At the cross and in the kingdom of God, we are all the same. If we could only get that message to the world. If they could only understand, it's about coming into the kingdom. It's about coming away from the kingdom of Satan and coming into the kingdom of God. Because at the cross, all men are equal. Is that true in society? Absolutely not. It wasn't true in the days of the scripture. It's not true today. There is great inequality in societies around the world. But it is true at the cross. Oh, you want to know why Islam is a a religion focused in places of poverty? It's because their teachings enslave. Their teachings keep people bound. But I've come to tell you, when you come to the cross, that enslavement is broken off. That bondage is destroyed through the blood of Jesus Christ. He has come to set us free and to give us life in that more abundant. We need to hear it this morning. Yes, the world is divided. Yes, the world is tense. Yes, there is violence on every hand. And it's going to continue as long as the human race, doesn't matter the color of your skin or the culture you originate from, as long as the human race is in rebellion against God, it will continue. But if you and I as the church will somehow find the spiritual fortitude, let's just say it this way, if you'll get some spiritual guts... And stand up. Quit being a mealy-mouthed, milk-toast Christian and let the Holy Ghost power fill you with a spine and stand up. Yeah, someone may disagree with you. I can guarantee you they will. Yeah, someone may oppose you. I can guarantee you they will. But if the church will stand up and declare there is only one answer for America, it's not the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's not the Donald or Hillary. The answer is Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And today he sits at the right hand of the Father. And to his name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Here at church, it's time that we understood and recognized our responsibility as a solution to the problem. We need to understand it's a spiritual issue. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. How about that? Everybody loves homework, right? I want you to go home and read the entire book of 2 Timothy. I want you to read it because it's the last book Paul penned prior to his execution in Rome. And in that book, he deals with what we have to have to survive in the last days. You'll see it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where he said, God has not given you, listen to me, God has not given you a spirit of fear, 
but power, love, and a sound mind. So when the church is reticent, when the church is reluctant, when the church pulls back from being the kingdom of God, we're operating under a spirit of fear. And Paul says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Listen to me. I don't agree with all the politics of our mayor, but I do recognize he is in a place of authority and position, and it's my responsibility to stand alongside him and try to stem the violence and the things that are going on in the city of Tallahassee. Do you hear what I'm saying? I am not going to operate in fear because we don't agree on certain things, but I'm going to operate in power. I'm going to operate in love. I'm going to operate from the position of knowing the will of God. And letting it flow through me. Come on, church. We've allowed the devil even to divide us in the house of God. We need to stop that. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Above that, you're a born-again child of the living God. Your allegiance and your, your, uh, your, your allegiance has to come from that relationship. Your loyalty has to flow from that relationship. Chapter 2, verse 1 of 2 Timothy said, be strong in grace. That's an interesting statement. You ought to read it, study it. See what he's really saying. He's saying the same grace that delivered you needs to be flowing through your life. You see, it's not about judging someone else. It's not about saying it's your problem because you're this, that, or something else. Grace says it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you're dealing with today. I love you through Jesus Christ and by His grace, through faith in His grace, you can be changed. But if we don't operate in grace, we're just a bunch of folks divided, a bunch of folks fighting and arguing, a bunch of folks looking for an excuse to blame somebody else for what we're going through. Chapter 2, verse 3 said, endure hardship as a good soldier. We run from that one, but you better learn to embrace it. I'm telling you, our friends like Wen, who come from mainland China, who have walked through the persecution of the communist government, understand enduring hardship. Endure means you don't, you don't quit. You don't give up. You don't turn tail and run. You stand in difficult times. In verse uh, 216, he says this, shun profane and idle, idle babblings. They'll increase more to ungodliness. In verse 17, their message spreads like a cancer. Listen, it's time some of you turned off CNN and Fox News and turned on the Word of God. It's time you stop determining what's happening in your life by what's happening out there and you began allowing the Word of God to be your barometer to rise the presence of the power of God within you so that you can stand in that evil day because Paul just described it. It's full of profane and idle babblings. It will increase more to ungodliness, and the message spreads like cancer. Chapter 2, verse 26, talks about those ensnared by the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. He's talking about our society. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, you know that passage. In the last days, perilous times shall come. And then he goes on to describe what happens in the heart of man in those last days. Chapter 3, verse 13, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he says, A time will come when men will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. We were having a conversation with someone yesterday, a family that's in our church. 
And they said, we visited a lot of churches before we came here, but we weren't hearing the truth. Oh, hear me, folks. You may not like it, but every time you walk in these doors, you're going to get the Word of God because it's only the truth that's going to set you free. I'm not interested in whether you like me or not. Have you figured it out yet? My goal is not to be popular. And if that's the goal of any preacher, he's already down the wrong trail. My goal is to declare the unchanging word of the living God that brings transformation to men and women and boys and girls. Chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, Paul said, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for His heavenly kingdom. Oh, did you hear it? The Lord will deliver me. The Lord will preserve me. He's going to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. That's got to be the position of the church. So we have to understand the entire world, society as we know it, is under the power of the evil one. Matter of fact, Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 6, and this is to help us recenter our thinking. Understand that it's not black against white. It's not Hispanic against Asian. It's not this group against that group. Understand that. That's not our battle. That's not our fight. This is the way Paul said it. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the lies, the deceit of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. My fight is not with another person. Oh, come on. we got to get that in our spirit. Our fight is not with another human being. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And listen to what he says. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know what he's saying? He's saying, recognize your enemy, get armored up, get gunned up, get tooled up, get the Word of God in you, take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, have your loins covered with the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and once you've got your armor and identified your enemy, then take your stand. Come on, church. It's time to take a stand. It's time to stop being pushed around and take a stand for Jesus Christ. It's time to understand and recognize it's through the power of the Holy Ghost moving in and through us that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We understand the whole world is controlled by the evil one, the kingdom of Satan. We read in Galatians 1.4, Ephesians 5.16, Colossians 1.13 about the present evil age. I don't have time to read those. Write them down and remember them. Read them later. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, Ephesians 2.2, we read about the God of this age. You see, when we go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, John writes, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That implies that the evil one is the ruler of the world. Paul makes it very clear. He said he's the God of this age, the prince of the power of the air. So this is a truth you need to take home with you, and you need to share, because you know what? I'm convinced that every day when you go to work, every day when you talk to a neighbor, 
When you meet somebody in the store that's chatty, the conversation always comes around to the current events happening in our world. Always comes around to the violence and the wickedness and the hatred that's happening in our world today. Well, come on, church, it's time to be ever ready to give them an answer for the hope that is in you. It's what Peter told us. So we need to understand when that comes, we've got to be ready to share the word, the truth. And the truth is, Satan has the greatest freedom to work where the human will is most ready to disobey and reject the will of God. We are living in a society that rejects the will of God, that is disobedient to the law of God. This hasn't happened overnight. It's been a slow progression and erosion of our beliefs and our values. And we of the church have stood by and let it happen. Oh, I'm telling you, it's not too late. The dam may have busted, but let's build another one. Let's take a stand. Let's declare this is the land God has given me. And I will not allow the devil to destroy it. It's time to take a stand. To overcome, we have to have a clear discerning judgment and to know how we should live. Now, references, as we read our text this morning, Jesus knew the hearts of the Pharisees. That same gift is available to you and me. If you're in a conversation with someone and something doesn't resonate, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of discerning of spirits so you can see the motivation behind the conversation. All those anonymous emails I got on Friday, I let the Lord show me what's the motivation. And that's why I hit the delete button. Because there was nothing there from God. There was nothing there to uplift the kingdom. It was simply trying to incite fires and passions against the kingdom of God. And you know what's so funny? Those folks are on our email list. Wow. Think about that for a moment. That's the reason I'm preaching these messages. We've got to understand, we're not of this world. We're of the kingdom of God. We don't fight like the world fights. We take the weapons of our warfare, and we fight against principalities, against powers, against spiritual evil in high places, and we bring them down through the power of Jesus Christ. You can write me every nasty email you want to write me, and it's not going to do a bit of good until you get off that stinking thinking and get your mind aligned with the Word of God and let God do something in you to bring a change around you. No, we can't change the nation by ourselves, but I can change one person. I can change my circle of influence. I can change those who listen to me and believe in in what I'm saying. Come on, church. It's time to step into your authority and believe what God is saying. So my question to you this morning is, do you believe what I've just said? There's two kingdoms, a kingdom of God and a kingdom of darkness. That currently the world is under the influence of the kingdom of darkness. Satan is the puppet master. He is controlling those things that are going on around us. You see, if we believe these things, then we are obliged, obligated, to step into the authority of the kingdom of God. To step into the authority that God has invested in His children. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ was a man's man. 
Don't you give me any of that damn Bambi hair and do damp eyes nonsense. He was a man's man. He was rough and he was rugged. And when needed, he took a whip and he drove the money changers out of the temple. When needed, his, his righteous indignation flared and he stood against what was going on in his society. Oh, hear me. It's time for the church stop to stop being so pacifist in the promulgation of our belief. And it's time to get aggressive in taking the gospel to those around us. Do you share that? You see, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. I'm convinced of that. And that's what we're up against. That's what we're fighting against. You need to recognize Satan is opposed to the mission of the kingdom of God. There's a lot of folks in the church world and in the 501c3 world who are dedicating their lives, raising all kinds of money, to feed and clothe and shelter those that are without. But I've got news for you. If all we do is fill their bellies, give them a warm place to sleep, and a clean change of clothes, we're not changing anybody's life. If we don't also present a gospel of repentance, a gospel of reconciliation, if we don't tell the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, we are not altering our culture or the landscape of our nation one iota. We cannot just feed and clothe and shelter. We must declare the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why I'm so thankful for Good Samaritan Ministry. They're in another church this morning, but I want to say it. I'm thankful because they present the message, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you and I must do on a daily basis. If we don't do that, then it's the equivalent of finding someone who has a raging disease that's going to kill them, and all we do is give them a painkiller instead of giving them what will cure the disease. Listen, mankind is eaten up with a disease, and that disease is called sin. That disease is called rebellion. That disease is called insurrection against the kingdom of God. And we can't just give them a painkiller. We've got to give them the answer. And that answer is Jesus Christ. The enemy, you need to remember this. The enemy is not opposed to good works. He has no problem with you being a goody-two-shoes. He loves it when you feed the homeless and shelter the homeless and put clothes on those that don't have it. He has no problem with that at all, as long as your work doesn't lead to repentance. But anytime you marry the gospel of Jesus Christ with works of compassion and lives are changed, hear me, he's going to raise his ugly head. Oh, horns of the head is going to come at you full first force. He'll try to destroy you with everything he's got. But greater is he, come on, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We need to understand we need supernatural power to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Why? Because Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. Second Corinthians two or Second Corinthians four three and four says, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness blinds the eyes of unbelievers so they don't see the light. And the only way they will ever see the light is through the power of God flowing through you and me. Oh, listen, church, we need to do more than just have a nice little service on Sunday morning. But when you encounter someone sick, 
Pray for the healing. When you encounter someone that is bound, pray for the release. Come on, be used of God. Let his power flow through your life. Quit putting a stopper in the bottle of the Holy Ghost when you walk out the door. You need to let God erupt in you and flow through you every single day of your life. You can't say, oh God, I'm a born again, spirit filled Christian and I am so glad I'm full of the Holy Ghost because when I come to church, I can dance and sing. Listen, I want you to dance and sing. But if that's the extent of your relationship with the third person of the Trinity, you have done missed the boat. Holy Ghost comes to fill you, to flow through you, to make you a witness, a witness with dunamis power, dunamis, dynamite power. The only answer to confronting the world is the power of the living God flowing through your life and through mine. It's time to say, God, fill me, fill me, fill me with the power that puts the forces of darkness to flight. Oh, I want you to know I want the devil to know my name. I want him to know who I am. I want him to know when you come, you got a battle. You're not going to run over me. You're not going to knock me down and, and put me out of the way. If you come against me, devil, you got to fight on your hand because I got the power of the Holy Ghost welling up within me and I'm going to pull the stopper on the bottle so it doesn't stop at 12 o'clock on Sunday. But when I'm out this evening, this evening, when I come back for the Spanish service tonight, that same power is going to flow. When I'm in the office tomorrow, or when I'm down at the hospital tomorrow, or when I'm down at the driver's license bureau, that power's going to flow. Come on, folks, we need the power of God because Satan is opposed to the mission of the church. We need to understand that and get into our hearts and into our minds. Church as usual doesn't work anymore. You see, the kingdom of darkness is marked by deceptive signs and wonders. Matthew 24, 24 says, False Christ and false prophets will arise, show great signs and wonders, lead others astray, if possible, even the elect. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 says, 2, 9 says, The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with power, signs, wonders of falsehood, and wicked deception for those who are to perish. Satan is an imitator. I want you to hear that. He's an imitator. He can't match the power of God. All he can do is imitate some of the things God does to a degree and to an extent. And then the line is drawn. That is why you and I have to be walking in the power of the Holy Ghost every moment of every day. Because we will confront false deceptions, lies, and false displays of power. But they can only go so far. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you should. Read the book of Exodus. When Aaron threw his rod down and it turned into a serpent... So did the king's magicians, and they did the same thing. But I want you to read it again. In Exodus, they could only mimic three of the wonders of God. And after that, they couldn't stay on the same platform, on the same arena. They couldn't be in the same place because mighty is he who came to rescue, to deliver, and to heal. And the same God of the Israelites who brought him out of Egypt is my God today. And Satan can only do so much, and then he takes over. Satan also uses people to hinder others from believing. Now listen to me, it's not just the sorcerer, it's not just the card reader, it's not just the atheist. Okay, this is going to rock your world. 99% of the time it's believers. 
Because we live a powerless, inept, ineffective Christianity. And the lack of power in our life influences people away from the gospel of the kingdom. Listen, I want you to know, I am not interested in making everybody come into this place and like what they hear and see. I'm interested in confronting the false with the true. And when we confront the false with the true, some won't like that. But this is this much I knew, they're going to know whose side I'm on. It's time for you as a believer to be so full of the Holy Ghost power that everybody around you knows whose side you're on. You're determined to live that type of life before others. Don't be one that is used to hinder what God is doing. Don't be one that's used to stand in the way of God touching someone's life. Change your attitude. Change your behavior so that men are drawn to Christ through you. Satan hinders evangelism efforts, 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 and 18. Paul said, we wanted to come, but Satan hindered us. He hindered us, and he persecutes believers, Revelation 2, 10. Don't fear what you're about to suffer. The devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. What did Peter say in 1 Peter 5, 8? Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. The kingdom of darkness is on the prowl, folks. His desire is the destruction of the kingdom of God. But the good news is this. When we throw ourselves into the conflict, do you hear what I'm saying to you today? It's time to stop sitting on the sidelines wringing our hands, bemoaning the fate of our world and our country. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to engage in the battle. To engage in the battle. We do it through prayer, but it doesn't stop at prayer. If prayer is all we do, our, our, our effectiveness is limited. But when we take prayer and the power of the Holy Ghost and we step onto the battlefield, every time you walk out those doors, you're entering the battlefield. Every time you confront culture, you're entering the battlefield. Every time you stand in front of a class, you're entering the battlefield. Oh, come on, hear me. It's time we recognize the battle is ours. And we need to take it to the kingdom of darkness. We need to be engaged in turning our culture towards Jesus. Satan is opposed to the advancement of the gospel. And that creates a huge conflict in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. But we need to remember 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are of God. You have overcome them. Oh, come on, folks. That isn't a present tense promise, that's a, excuse me, that wouldn't have future tense promise, that is a present tense, present tense promise. You are of God and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Worship team, please come back. Stand to your feet with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now for the Holy Ghost to drive deep into our hearts, deep into our souls. I pray now that you would take the word that was preached and you would bring about transformation. Bring about change. For Lord, until we are changed and we are empowered, our world is not going to change. Our society is not going to change. We'll be more divided than we've ever been before until the church once again becomes the church.
that life-giving body that brings transformation to a culture, to a society. I pray, Lord, that they, they say of us as they did of those who went to Iconium, these that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. These that have made a difference in behavior and culture have come here also. Lord, my ears are longing for the day when I hear the leaders of Tallahassee say, because Christian Heritage Church and the other churches in our city have stopped playing games and have stood up, there's been a difference in our society. God, would you challenge us? Would you convict us today and give us the power to be your church, to be your body, to make a difference to those around us. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this room. If you're in this place this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then I've got bad news for you. The bad news is you're a part of the kingdom of darkness. But I've also got good news. The good news is you can change your position and your alignment by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're here this morning. You need Jesus in your life. You want Him to forgive you of your sins, to change your life, to take away the fear, the hate, the concern that drives you and motivates you. That's you. Right where you stand, will you lift your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. As I wait a moment, that's you. Lift your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Anyone, as I wait just a moment. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Anyone else? Lift your hand and say, pray for me. Anyone else? Church, this message this morning. Young lady, would you lift your head and look directly at me? Would you step out and come? I'm going to pray with you personally in just a second. Yvonne, come right on over and start praying with her. Right over here, Yvonne will meet you, and she's going to pray with you, and I'll be there in just a second. Church, this message this morning was for you and I. It's a call of awakening. It's a call of... This is the day we've got to step up. We've got to move in the power of the kingdom. Because nothing but the power of the kingdom will change what's happening around us. So you're in this place this morning. You're a born-again believer. And you're tired of what you're seeing every day. You're tired of what's happening in Tallahassee and around the nation and around the world. You're tired of the accusations. You're tired of the racial divisions. You're tired of the fear that is racing through our society. You say, I want God to fill me with the power that will enable me to confront and combat the forces of darkness. If that's you, right where you stand, just move forward right now. Come right now if that's you. You want God to use you to make a difference in the culture around you. Come right now. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church 
Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.